0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're new, please, please subscribe. Leave the notifications tab open, and welcome, welcome, welcome. We're brought to you by... Get this the right way here. If this was in the dark, I could see you so well. This is night vision binoculars. And people say, why would you need that? Well, because if you're outdoorsman and you're outdoor at night, it might be nice to know where the critters are and you can pick them out. This turns night into day. And it's really cool because it has photos. So you could take stunning nighttime photos. 36 to be exact is what it stores. You can record and play the recording back. You can transfer the recording. It's got a great SD card, a rechargeable battery that lasts forever. And here's a really cool thing. 60 day, excuse me, 60% off, pardon me, 60% off 30 day money back guarantee. Now this is what I really, really like about this. What if we go into really bad civil unrest and all the signs are here, folks? A catastrophic economy coming here in the last part of the year. Railroad strike, food shortages. I mean, come on. Bad guys do bad things usually at nighttime. This can come in handy. This is part of your survival kit. Multiple reasons to have it. Right time to buy, right price, right opportunity. And you need to do it while supplies last. Go to the description box and click on the link for nightwatchpro.com. It's nightwatchpro.com. I'm talking about JFK because we're 59 years beyond the event, but the lessons of then apply to now. And I'm going to be doing a series over time because... We now have historical perspective. I, I talked in part one about how we know Lee Harvey Oswald didn't do it. He was set up as the Patsy. And and really a lot of what I say is supported by the House Select Committee on Assassinations 1977, which contradicted much of the 1964 Warren Commission report. And oh boy, the Warren Commission, too, the makeup of that commission. Holy cow. Oh yeah, we'll get into that in a later time too. But today what I want to talk about is what John Kennedy did to anger the establishment. How many of you have ever seen his Secret Society's speech? It's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. In fact, I'm going to actually do a kind of a corollary to this at a separate broadcast where I break down the Secret Society's speech but i want to talk specifically about who kennedy's enemies were he was the establishment enemy he was not their choice richard nixon was the boy i gotta tell you dwight eisenhower who was the president when nixon was vice president dwight eisenhower hated richard nixon and for good reason nixon was involved in cia really bad operations really bad air america kind of stuff in the golden triangle uh now you know what i'm talking about in southeast asia it was a prelude to the vietnam war and eisenhower considered dumping him in 1956 as his running mate because he was too cozy with the cia but they thought well be not a good thing adlai stevenson was a really good candidate and uh, for the democrats and Eisenhower felt that I can't make the change now but he did not like Nixon Nixon was the establishment boy's choice he was the best friend of the uh, defense industry the military industrial complex in fact when Eisenhower gave his farewell speech remember this beware of the military industrial complex oh my who were they a lot of they were controlled by the Rockefellers in that day Did you know that Chrysler got over 90% of all defense contracts for the Vietnam War? And they'd farm it out. They also owned Bell Helicopter. That's why they fought a helicopter war, which really didn't make a great deal of sense. Tactically to move troops, maybe. But the way they used them benefited Chrysler and Bell Helicopter. And then whatever they didn't want to do, they just subcontracted it out. And um, Kennedy was against the Vietnam War fully against it. Now, when he took over, there were combat advisors that Eisenhower had committed. Now, here's what's really interesting. This is an amazing coincidence. Of course, there are no conspiracies because the CIA told us so. But Kennedy had said, ultimately, it's the Vietnamese war to win. We'll support them with weapons and training, and that's fine. But they have to fight off the North on their own. The DM brothers were running South Vietnam. And in early November of 1963, they both came out and said, we don't want American troops on our soil. Now, you got to remember, they were occupied for decades, first by the French colonial forces, and then by the Japanese, and then by the French, and they defeated the French at the Battle of Dien Bien Phu. And that led to the North-South Civil War. And here comes the U.S. jumping in with their support of trainers, small military units designed to help South Vietnamese. And they also uh, sent equipment, military equipment. Now, fortunately, the South Vietnamese Army was never worth a damn. But the Diem brothers said, we do not want American troops on our soil. Kennedy saying, ultimately, it's up to them to win this war. Within one month, all three men were dead. Within nine months, we had 100,000 ground troops in Southeast Asia based on the phony Gulf of Tonkin event, which we know now it has been exposed as a total fraud. Surveillance satellites showed the Maddox was never attacked by North Vietnamese torpedo boats. Why would North Vietnam take on American naval warships? They didn't have the ability to win. They would have no reason to do it. And we used that as an excuse to go to war 800 miles south. Made no sense, except the military-industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about. And this was a strike against Kennedy. He fought against the Vietnam War. Now, when he was alive, he was even going to take out the combat advisors he issued two or three national security memorandums and said we're taking them out by december of 1964 now he'll be killed in november of 1963 he was the enemy of the military industrial complex and i'm going to give you another example in may of 63 john kennedy gave a speech at american university and he was considering banning upper atmospheric nuclear testing. Well, every time you blow up a missile, you got to build another one or two or ten. And the military industrial complex is hey, the Rockefellers, yeah, and the banks that loan them the money, Chase Manhattan Bank and all that. Yeah, this is good business. And Kennedy said, we're hurting the planet. This is bad. And and Khrushchev and he were saying, yeah, we should ban upper Atmospheric nuclear testing. Aha! Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? That's not what the military-industrial complex wanted to hear. He said this it was one of his most famous lines. Get that speech. He was talking about banning, and he said, and "This is where I think he signed his death warrant." He said, "After all, we all live under the same stars. We breathe the same air." we have the same interest in survival oh my gosh he's talking peace with Russia there's no money in peace there's only money in war and we're at war constantly because that's what Eisenhower warned us about the military industrial complex well let's get off of that and let's go into another area Well, who else did Kennedy piss off how about the banking industry? First of all, they're connected to the defense industry, so we've already established that. Loan the money, right? They love war. Banks love wars. They loan the money for the build-up. They loan the money for the war. And then they loan the money for the cleanup. <laughs> I mean, what a racket if you can get it, right? Well... trying to cut back on nuclear upper atmospheric testing and the vietnam war kennedy putting the heels on the vietnam war okay didn't like that uh the banks didn't like him but he did something else well he introduced the first bitcoin oh but it wasn't bitcoin it was silverback certificates but it acted like bitcoin because this was outside the federal reserve and he printed lots of them lots of them And the Federal Reserve, he didn't like the Federal Reserve. He felt they were making money on America they did not deserve. And so he created this to compete. Oh, here we go. Here we go, folks. Um, There were a lot of people in banking in the Federal Reserve pissed off at John Kennedy. His enemies are growing. Now, we have more. Um, there was something the oil companies had at the time. It was called the Oil Depletion Allowance. It was an undeserved tax break that oil companies would get just simply for drilling and looking for oil. And Kennedy cut that uh, depletion allowance. And the oil companies said, we deserve all of it. And Kennedy said, no, you don't. Now, the average citizen doesn't get to do this. Why do you? And the oil companies... We're now pissed at Kennedy. So let's see. We got the defense industry, Rockefeller dominated. get got the banking industry, oh, again, Rockefeller dominated. You've got the oil industry, Rockefeller dominated. Mm hmm. Isn't that interesting? Now, when Kennedy was killed, we were interesting. Two things happened. There's been documentaries on this um, since the JFK movie in 1991 Um, and JFK the Untold Story is fantastic Um, Norman Cousins was negotiating nuclear peace deal with Nikita Khrushchev at Khrushchev's private vacation home they were negotiating November of 1963 on the day that John Kennedy was killed. And I know I've interviewed the producers of this documentary, and a lot of people are convinced this is real, and I do believe it's real, and there's documentation. Castro's even spoken about it. But a French journalist was a go-between for Kennedy and Castro. He was in Havana on the day Kennedy was killed, and they were negotiating the normalization of relations between the United States and Cuba. After the Cuban Missile Crisis, he said, let's try to make Cuba an ally. Yes, they can be aligned with the Soviet Union, but let's try to lessen this conflict so we don't have another Cuban Missile Crisis. And Castro was willing to listen. After all, the CIA was trying to assassinate him many times over, as we know. And Castro got a phone call. He said, excuse me, and got up and left the office, and he came back. And he said, I'm afraid our meeting's over. And he said, why? We're making such progress. He said, the president of the United States has been assassinated. That was very, very tragic. But see, the military-industrial complex would have liked to have kept that conflict going, instead of reaching out and trying to bring Cuba in under our economic umbrella, which would have benefited the Cubans, which would have benefited America to the detriment of the Soviet Union. It was working. Now, let's talk about what happened when Kennedy was killed. I think you'll find this very interesting. When Kennedy was killed, we were in Vietnam, as I said, in nine months, up to that time, the longest war in American history. And then the gold-backed certificates or the silver-backed certificates competing with the Federal Reserve, bye-bye, they went away. They went away. All discussions with the Russians about nuclear cutbacks up our atmospheric testing, nope, went away. Went away. And we kept Cuba as a place illegal to communicate with, trade with, or travel to. The day John Kennedy died, all of his policies got reversed. Very interesting. The day he died, his policies were totally reversed. Now, supporters of the Warren Commission, which are few and far between, they'll tell you, well, those are just all coincidences. Really? I don't think so. And when we combine the fact that they had a patsy for the assassination in Lee Oswald that we covered in part one, it's really, really clear, really clear, that Kennedy was killed because they would negotiate with him. You know how they tried to take him out of office, first of all? Uh, Kennedy almost took himself out of the running almost cost him his life Um, let's go back with his womanizing back to 1942 he was stationed in DC and he met a beautiful German woman called Ingrid Arvid and her husband uh, had been working with the Nazis and defected and was giving America good scientific information but they were estranged and not living together and she had been a publicist for the Third Reich Joe Kennedy had been or was an ambassador to England. His son John is having an affair with a woman that was in the inner circle of the Third Reich. withdave.com that's waterwithdave.com, save $80 for a short time. He he know that? Probably absolutely not. She was stunningly beautiful, he was a young ensign, and they began an affair. J. Edgar Hoover had her under surveillance from the FBI, and he um, contacted Joe Kennedy, John's father, and said, this has to stop. So Joe Kennedy went, and John Kennedy refused to stop seeing her, so then they went to the commanding officer of john kennedy and they transferred him to south carolina now ingrid arvid would just jump on the train for the weekend and they'd spend the weekend together this was a hot potato for both j edgar hoover for edward joe kennedy so what ended up happening is they transferred john kennedy to the pacific where he took command of a pt boat and he won the Medal of Honor and that Medal of Honor really propelled him into politics as a senator from Massachusetts and then he will springboard from that to um, the presidency by a very narrow margin Kennedy was always the free spirit, highly intellectual uh, well versed in history, philosophy government and he was An idealist, a womanizer, yes. An idealist about his service towards the American people, yeah. He was out to break up the globalist cartel that was beginning to encroach upon America, the UN, and so forth. He talks about that, and we'll break that down later. His secret society's speech. The day John Kennedy died, everything was taken away. The day John Kennedy died, John—excuse me, David Rockefeller, the grandson of John Rockefeller, founder of Standard Oil—he won the lottery. He got his Vietnam War. He got his unlimited arms race. They made money hand over fist. Chase Manhattan, chief Funding bank for the U.S. government. That day the federal reserve got a tight grip on the money supply again the silver certificate threat went away the oil men also rockefellers they realized their oil depletion allowance bye-bye john bye-bye policies now why is that important today when donald trump came into office He did away with the TPP, which would have given total tyrannical control over the U.S. government by a 23-person business panel. It was disguised as a free trade agreement. I talked about this earlier. Congress was not allowed to look at except for globalist Paul Ryan. And Paul Ryan says, oh, it's fine. Go ahead and pass it. I mean, who would vote like that? Congress denied to see the actual inner workings of this treaty, and they passed it sight unseen based on the recommendation of Paul Ryan only. So Trump comes in, bye. Globalist power erased. The China deficit in trade was humongous, and China was bullying America at every turn. Trump totally reversed That. Around the world, America, which I believe people are trying to take down, was on the surge. Our military was becoming strong and robust again. We gained control, total control, by the end of Trump's presidency of Afghanistan. Not one American was killed for over a year. And because Trump said, we'll find you, we'll hunt you down, he told the leaders, and we will kill you. We know how to find you. And he demonstrated his power when he did it. So when we look at that, ladies and gentlemen, I guess what we come down to is this. All the good that Trump did was reversed. They can't allow him to come back. This is why the Republican establishment of McConnell, McCarthy, McReynolds, head of the RNC, Even local, like Bill Gates, Maricopa County Supervisor, uh, Stephen Reesher, Maricopa County Supervisor, uh, excuse me, Maricopa County Clerk and Recorder, um, they are belonging to a pack at the local level to do away with America First candidates. There's an America First war that's being waged on them by Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer they've joined forces, Republican Democrat joined forces to get rid of MAGA Republican Senators working together isn't that interesting so I look at this ladies and gentlemen I go holy cow history could be repeating itself and I don't think do I think assassination on the table I have no proof of that But if I look at the Kennedy assassination as a model, now I will tell you, I think Kennedy's assassination as a model, it gives hesitancy to future assassins of American presidents because these people barely got away with it. I mean, I could tell you who fired the fatal headshot on the grassy knoll. I can tell you how he got his contract. I can tell you how he was paid and who paid him and where they paid him. And I can tell you what happened to him. And I can tell you about the guy who originated the contract and what happened to him. And where the contract originated from and the participants of key Americans in that day in Dallas. And that this scenario almost happened ten days earlier in Miami. And there should have been a full alert, and the president can't go out like this is life's in danger. Uh-huh. But there was a failure in the Secret Service, failure in the FBI. Um there was the deep state influence even then but it wasn't as pervasive as it is today would you say the fbi and the doj are friendly or hostile to trump well we know the answer i do not believe if they these people that lead the rnc and these people that want him out and all the legal stuff they're trying to bring his way to keep him from running they don't want an america first president just like they didn't want an America first president with John Kennedy. And I think Donald's Trump, Donald Trump's life could potentially be in danger if you use this historical precedent. And I see nothing to dissuade me from these conclusions. Part of me almost wishes for Trump's own safety that he wouldn't run. But I believe he's the only one that can begin to turn things around in 2024. DeSantis does not have the widespread national base that Trump does. I love DeSantis and I hope he will be president someday, but this is not the day. Our political fate, our spiritual fate lies in the hands of Jesus, but our political fate lies in the hands of Donald Trump. The road freedom and economic restitution runs through Donald Trump and there are very powerful forces that will keep him from doing that one way or the other that's why we study history and that's all I have for part 2 this has been Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show please sign up for the commonsense show.tv for the very best in investigative reporting it is the best We'll see you back here next time.